This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit, in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest, and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations and 50 affiliate stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Lott and Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sodorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest hosts and presenters, the former governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, and the Honorable Morris McTeague, QSO. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. Welcome to America's Roundtable. Welcome to America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. It is Saturday morning, and thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. We begin our first segment on this weekend program with the principal leader who is advancing our constitutional principles and affirms our shared values and principles. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., we're delighted to once again welcome to this program Ambassador Ken Blackwell. Ambassador Ken Blackwell is the former mayor of Cincinnati, Ohio. He served as Secretary of State and State Treasurer of the great state of Ohio and as former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Human Rights Commission. Ambassador Blackwell is a leader in the public policy arena and is a minority owner of the Cincinnati Reds. And with this brief introduction, Ambassador Blackwell, welcome once again to America's Roundtable and a good morning to you, sir. Welcome, Ambassador Blackwell. Good morning. Good morning. It's always good to be with you both. Thank you. Ambassador Blackwell, the U.S. inflation reached 7% annual rate this past December, which was the highest rate since 1982. And this was the third consecutive month with the inflation higher than 6%. Now, in 1982, the inflation was also 7%. However, at that time, it was falling down after it peaked two years earlier in 1980 at 14.8% annual rate during the Carter administration. Ambassador Blackwell, what are your thoughts about the inflation today and how do you compare the factors and remedies to the inflation today compared to inflation of 1980 when you served as a mayor of Cincinnati, Ohio? What do you remember? Well, here, here is the problem with inflation. We have too much money chasing too few goods. Uh, And that has a disastrous effect on prices at the gas pump uh, and at the the grocery store. So it impacts working Americans all across uh, the country. The reason that we have too much money following too few goods is that this administration put the brakes on the economic expansion that was initiated during the Trump administration, uh, we had an expanding economy, an increase in job, a lift in incomes. Uh, and with the redistributionist uh, big welfare state approach of the present administration, uh, they poured too much money into our uh, economy, uh, slowed down the rate of growth, uh, and that impacted us tremendously. They also created a disincentive to, to work. When it becomes more advantageous economically, income-wise, for someone to stay home as opposed to working, too many people choose to to stay home. Uh, And so uh, what I remember 
back in the early 80s is that Ronald Reagan came on board. He basically said that we're going to not be dependent on the Far East for our oil. We are, we are not going to abandon coal. We will clean coal and, and fossil fuels will be a mainstay in economic expansion and job creation. And he worked us out. He was not a redistributionist. He believed in economic growth. And so to do that, he cut taxes just like Donald Trump did. Uh, but this administration has taken a, a disastrous approach to it. And, and what we see now are, are people not working. And because if you look at the labor participation rate, they like to talk about the unemployment rate. Uh, but what's important is that we've seen now a decline in the first year of this administration in the labor participation rate. Uh, and that's that's the problem. We have to get back to a growth orientation where we're expanding our economy. We, we have to move back towards energy independence. Uh, and we have to make sure that we, that we close our southern border. Uh, a nation is defined by its borders. Uh, we now have an administration that believes in a nation without borders. And let me say, as a former secretary of state, they also believe in voters without borders. We need to bring some rationality back to our our system. Ambassador Blackwell, on Monday, January 17, the nation will reflect on the life and legacy of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And that day is also marked as a U.S. federal holiday in his memory since the year 1986. And we all understood very well that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. believed in the rule of law protecting life, liberty, and private property. And we remember his profound words when he said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, unquote. Ambassador Blackwell, what would Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. think today of the approach taken by some to promote critical race theory and the efforts undertaken in the education sphere to even change some of our grading systems with an eye for equality of outcomes? (laughs) Dr. King, I think, summed it up in a great work in the mid-60s. He wrote a book, Community or chaos. That was our choice then, that is our choice now. Martin Luther King was a uniter and not a divider. He understood that we had to recognize the universality of the reach of God. God had invested in each of us human dignity and agency. Dr. King, like my dad, believed in that second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence where it said, we hold these truths to be self-evident. My dad used to say, that's a highfalutin way of saying any knucklehead should be able to get this. <laughs> that, we are, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> that we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, which means that our human rights are not grants from government. They are gifts uh, from, from, from God. Uh, And so if you look at status uh, or big welfare state systems across human history, what you find is that they do a couple of things. They attack the family and they try to run God and faith out of the public square. Uh, The family is the incubator of of liberty. Uh, And so status forms of government, they want folks and individuals to be 
dependent on them, not the self-sufficiency of the family unit uh, as the incubator of, of, of liberty uh, and individual uh, development. And they want to run God and faith out of the public square because they want folks to know that God's not in charge, they're in charge. Uh, and so uh, what we now see, again, is an administrative state uh, digging in in Washington. And I think Martin Luther King would be just as concerned about that administrative state as he was in uh, the efforts of some in the early 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, to, in fact, not recognize the human dignity of all and put us in uh, these false categories of, of citizenships uh, and false categories of, of human dignity. So as we celebrate his gifts to our nation, we, in fact, must recognize uh, that old Latin saying, uh, e pluribus unum, from the many one. And while we are a diverse nation, we must understand our diversity comes from our respect of the human dignity of uh, the individual, uh, that we are not subjects, we are free citizens. Uh, and we must push back by these new forms of the administrative state uh, and uh, the big welfare state. We must reestablish the morality uh, of the system that has produced the most diverse constitutional republic in all of history. And we must once again recognize that our nation is at its best when it is not dividing us into false categories of, of non-importance, but actually recognizing that great nations are not the products of great governments. They're the products of good people doing great things together. Ambassador Blackwell, on January 11, you released a statement together with Dr. Alvida King, the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., on the Biden-Harris speech in Atlanta that day. And let me briefly share excerpts of your statement with our listeners. Mm -hmm. And in your speech, you say that Biden-Harris speech was an insult to all Americans, especially those in the African-American community. We were deeply involved in the wars that started and ended the civil rights movement in this country. The president and vice president's misguided insistence on the ignorant false claim that America is somehow stuck in the 1960s is disgusting, dangerous, and an affront to all the sacrifices and great successes this country's brave civil rights pioneers made. And another statement... In fact, it is grotesquely offensive to compare segregated lunch counters, attack dogs, fire hoses, and bull corner to showing a photo ID to vote, simply proving you are who you say you are to cast a ballot is fundamental to election security, period. 85% of Americans agree and want photo identification requirements for voters. Ambassador Blackwell, the Biden-Harris administration continues to divide our nation on racial lines, continues to ignore our founding documents, and continues to deny the will of the people. Ambassador Blackwell, how do you see this unravel? The great abolitionist Frederick Douglass, uh, right there from the general area where you are, are now, 
Frederick Douglass once said, those who are whooped easiest are whooped most often. <laughs> and what he meant is that we, in fact, cannot embrace an unfair system or a stale status quo. We, in fact, must push back. We must fight back. We have to choose that we are free citizens, uh, not subjects of the administrative state. What we were trying to say in our statement and in our pushback against uh, the false narratives of Biden and Harris was that history is not a snapshot. History is a process. And they can try to throw us back to a moment in history that we have, in fact, progressed past. But we're not we're not going to be gaslighted into believing uh, that the simple test of verification that one is who they claim to be is a throwback uh, to Jim Crowism. Uh, 82% of the nation, the wide majority of Black folks in this country, believe that the citizenship requirement of verification of photo ID, particularly free photo IDs, government-issued photo IDs for the purposes of voting, is, is a duty of citizenship that is not burdensome uh, and that actually helps build confidence among uh, citizens in the outcomes of elections because they know that even if the election doesn't have the outcome that they want, it was in fact an, a, a decision by bona fide citizens. Indeed, we truly appreciate your leadership, Ambassador Ken Blackwell, uh, for all that you're doing in advancing our shared values and principles. Thank you so much for joining us on America's Roundtable. Thank you, Ambassador Blackwell. Thank you all. Thank you for your clarity and your persistence and your love of this country. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lanza Broadcasting's two FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations and 50 affiliate stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladinsami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sodorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit and our distinguished guest hosts and presenters, the former governor of Mississippi, Phil Bryant, and the Honorable Morris McTeague, QSO. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, healthcare, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.